Hey there, what's up? You're listening to Blissful Prospecting. Thanks for checking out the podcast. My name is Jason Bay. You can call me J-Bay for short. And this is part of a series in the podcast we do called the Skills Series. So if you're listening to the show for the first time, this podcast is for reps and sales teams who love landing big meetings with their prospects, but hate when they go to spend a lot of time writing a cold email, the hit send, and then the prospect never responds. So if that's ever happened to you before, you're definitely in the right place. Today, I want to share with you a framework on troubleshooting cold emails, and this is going to be a checklist that you can use. A lot of times when we're writing cold emails, one thing that can be a challenge is, you know, if they're not working, you don't get the type of feedback that you do on a cold call, right? You don't get someone telling you not interested, or I don't have that problem, or, you know, I'm already using another vendor, whatever it might be that they'll tell you over a cold call. Most of the time, with emails, if I mean the average reply rate that I've seen across the board is less than 5%. So that means 95% of the people are either not opening up your email or never responding and you get no feedback. So it's kind of hard to know where to start to fix your you know cold emails if you're not getting some responses. So let me share this checklist with you. And we're going to start and really kind of look at this in three buckets. I think there's a lot of vanity metrics out there with cold emails Um, I really only care about a few things. Like really the big thing is, you know, is this converting into a meeting? And if we go backwards from there, um, are we getting a reply? And then are these emails getting opened? I am not a fan of using click tracking because when you use click tracking, typically emails will have a lower uh, open rate and it affects deliverability because it puts a little garbled link into the uh, the tracking link there uh, with the link. So I don't really want to know if people are necessarily clicking on links. And feel free to debate with me on that one. I know a lot of you do like using links out there, but what I'd rather do is optimize the email for a response. So that's where I would kind of start with this. And this is what my business coaches tell me about how to run my marketing. It's, you know, don't optimize your marketing for conversions. So signups, you know, leads, anything like that, optimize it for conversation. So you want to optimize your emails in the same way. Don't optimize for the conversion to get the meeting, optimize to start a conversation, to get a reply. So let's work uh, backwards here. So ideally with open rates, you want to be somewhere between 30 to 50% at a minimum. So open rate tracking is not 100% accurate. You're going to get a lot of opens, especially if you're emailing into enterprise If they have a sophisticated spam filter, it's already opening up those emails and scanning them anyways. But if you're under 30 to 50%, like you really need to work on it, you should really have open rates 60, 70% plus. So first thing you wanna do is A-B test the subject line. There's a couple quick things that you could do, and I've done other trainings and things like that on subject lines. All you need to do is go on our website and search for subject lines. I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff that we've done there. But I would try two things. One, if you can find a way to put their first name into the subject line and or company name, that'll usually increase the open rate by quite a bit. So one of the subject lines you could try is just their first name, Jason. Another one that I like using is, hey Jason, I was researching blissful prospecting and dot, dot, dot. Either one of those two, if you're having really low open rates, try one of those. And like I said, we also have success using those one word subject lines as well. So you could try using the person's first name. You could uh, even put like a one word uh, way to describe the problem in there. You could try putting your company name in there. There's all kinds of different stuff. The other thing to look at too with open rates is the first line of the email. So keep in mind, depends on the browser that you're using, but usually the first you know, 25 to 50 characters of the first line of your email are gonna show up in the preview text. 
So the open rate is heavily determined by not only the subject line, but the first line of that email. Again, a couple of really quick things you could do. Most of those lines, if I was showing you my email inbox right now, I save all of the cold emails I get. They start with I. I was researching. I thought I'd stop by. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm with Blissful Prospecting. They start with I or my. Try starting the email with you or your and talk about something related to the prospect or something that they would care about. Don't start the email with I. So those are a couple quick things with open rates. If you're having low reply rates, so again, the reply rate's not everything. We need to like really look at the balance of positive versus negative replies. But of the people that reply to your emails, you really want around half of them at least to be positive replies. So people that are interested in, in uh, having a conversation with you. And you really want to shoot uh, between 5 to 10% of the total prospects that you're reaching out to should be replying. That's a minimum. You really want to be in double digits. I'm a big fan of figuring out how to get into 15, 20% and really optimizing for that reply. So one of the things you can do to increase your reply rates is instead of closing for a meeting in your call to action, uh, close like with a response. So for example, maybe you have a case study that you're sharing with them or a piece of content and the call to action at the end of the email is, is it cool if I share it with you? Or, hey, would it hurt if I shared more about how this company is overcoming this problem? Or, hey, would it hurt to share more? Any variation of that will drive replies typically. So be more open-ended with your call to actions. The other thing you can do too is make sure the results that you're sharing in the email are more relevant to the prospect. So avoid sharing case studies with companies that are not related to your prospect. I get emails all the time that say, we've worked with Amazon and Google and I, you know that's awesome, but I just don't really care. I don't relate with those companies. So make sure you're talking about results that they care about. And if you're gonna leverage uh, social proof and talk about other companies or people that you've worked with, make sure it's similar job titles, similar types of companies with similar types of problems. The other thing too is being a little bit more empathy-based um, in the email. So we have a, a, a framework called the reply method. I've already done a podcast on that that you can check out. And the other thing that you can check out too is like on our website, if you go to blissfulprospecting.com, there is a tab called reply method and it's a free guide for how to structure your emails that's going to go into much more depth than I am today, but that's episode 91 also, if you want to hear more about the reply method. So what you really want to do here is with that empathy-based approach, if you can lead with their challenge, they're much more likely to respond to that than like leading with your product or service. So look at your email and look for signs of you saying things like, hey, our features-based dashboard does this, our analytics tool does this. Um, we can do this, right? You really want to talk about like the problems that will help them overcome. So you might use a line like, um, hey, if you're like some of the other CMOs that we talk to, you might be experiencing challenges with this, right? Or, hey, I don't know if you've ever come across this before, but sometimes I hear people like you telling me this is a challenge, right? Any variation of lines like that where you're talking about a problem that they experience that's usually going to drive reply rate. And the call to action could be, um, you know, hey, is this a problem that you're having? Or, hey, would you like to see how other companies are handling this? So that's something you can do with low reply rates. The other thing that you could do, too, is just mix in really short follow-ups. So when you send that first email and the person doesn't respond, just send another email 48 hours later that says, any thoughts? Question mark, Jason, that's it. I find that one gets a pretty good amount of replies as well. All right, lastly, 
So if we look at conversion rate into meetings, this is the most important metric. I really don't care what the reply rate or the open rate is if the conversion rates are good on the email. And I don't care what they are if the conversion rates are bad either. So you really want three to 6% of the total people you reach out to, to convert into a meeting at some point. And that's on the low end. So that's, that's, that's a minimum that you would like. So one of the things again that you can do, and this is gonna be very similar to a reply rate, is make the call to action very clear. Try to be really, really specific with what you want. And you can mix in some of those hard call to actions too, where it's like, hey, um, would it be a bad idea to unpack this you know, tomorrow or the next day at this time? You, so you could be really, really try uh, specific with the call to actions and being a little bit more of those like hard call to actions where it's a clear ask for time versus a soft call to action, which is more of an open-ended, hey, would it be a bad idea to chat further kind of thing. The other thing that you can do too is if you have low conversion rates, but people are replying and then you're getting a lot of like not interested or take me off your list and that sort of stuff, make sure to pick up the phone and call them. You get a ton of useful feedback to improve your messaging. So if you picked up the phone and called someone, uh, especially if people reply to your emails, usually they're a cell phone or some sort of direct line is in the email signature. So what you could do is say something like this. Uh, hey, David, uh, this is Jason. You know, this might be you know sort of an odd phone call here, but you just responded to my email, not interested and I know this might be kind of a long shot, but I was hoping that I might be able to get some feedback from you. I'm trying really hard to make sure these emails are more useful for folks like you. Uh, would it be a bad idea if you shared just your thoughts and any feedback that you have? You could do something like that. That works pretty well. You could also send an email back to the person with a very similar uh, type of response as well. So that's it. So that's your checklist for fixing cold emails that aren't working. So again, low conversion rate into a meetings, you really want that to be three to six percent of our total outreach to convert it to a meeting. If you're getting low reply rates, you really need to be in that five to ten percent plus range, and your open rates need to be fifty percent plus. Really, is ideal. So hopefully that was helpful for you. If you're looking for some more stuff on emails, I highly recommend checking out the reply method. I also have a guide with like bite-sized content, so it's got our best stuff on there. So if you're looking more. Uh, tidbits like the one uh, today, stuff that you can listen to that's maybe five or 10 minutes long or LinkedIn posts that you can look at that are very actionable, check out blissfulprospecting.com slash Jason and you'll get immediate access to that. Everything from cold email, uh, cold call, sequencing, objection handling, all kinds of cool stuff. Blissfulprospecting.com slash Jason and thanks for tuning in today. We'll talk to you later.